You ever fart out of your dick, kids? That's the way to do it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wow. Okay, so I don't think that he's going to be trying the Celsius. No, <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. Wow, it says on the can, you may fart from your dick. <laughs> oh, God, this produces dick fats. I can't I can't drink this at all. Oh, I messed my pants. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. No. I just... Yeah, it's it's not did great. you Did you predict dick farts on your... Uh... I didn't have that on my bingo card. <laughs> oh man! Right. So you guys want to you guys want to talk yeah. about one bad day? <laughs> oh, very badly. Because <laughs> now, considering I just talked about my one bad day, it <laughs> sounds like the worst day I've ever heard. <laughs> and, I mean, it's not the only bad day. It's just one bad day. It's mm. it's 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 a different inflection. It's not it's not one bad day. It's this is just one bad day. <laughs> that's that's all. A series of them. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Kids, it's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token with... My God, man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dork Eating Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of dirty goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Dick Fine. Uh, that's that's my name, Dick Fart. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll cut on Dick Fart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, hey, I want to thank everyone. Uh, never mind. Uh, you can thank him. How do I start this again? Hey, everyone! Thanks for tuning in. This is blah blah blah. Yeah, there we go. You might know me from such other podcasts as. You might know me from other drivers' education films as. Alice is Alice through the windshield, <laughs> through the windshield glass. The decapitation of Lucy Leadfoot. <laughs> the erotic uh, adventures of Hercules. <laughs> Stop the planet of apes. I want to get off. <laughs> We're not uh, helping. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Dork Night. Uh, my name is Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. Here's where we're going to be talking about Batman. Two of us absolutely love Batman, and then we're joined by somebody else. That somebody else being powerful Brandon. <laughs> Two of us love Batman, and Brandon's here too. <laughs> He's wearing a Batman shirt, though. I, I yeah, I mean, listen, l- listen. I like 
the concept of Batman. I don't like a lot of the execution of the character in stories. You know, I think I think there's more to what Batman can do and sometimes less to what Batman can do than he is given credit for in a lot of these stories. So, you know, I just hold him to the same standard that I hold a lot of other superheroes. I just don't put him up on a pedestal. That's all. Okay. Mr. Justin Koopa. Total pedestal over here. Absolute pedestal. Um, I don't know what he's talking about. No, it's not. That's not the word I used to describe you yesterday. Oh, oh, never mind. (laughs) It is. It is funny because like, I really relate to what Brandon's saying, because if you go back to the early two thousands, like the, the Bruce Wayne murderer and all that, that's how I feel. I'm like, there's gotta be something better than this shit. You know? So it's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, Batman's definitely had his ups and downs and like right now he's going through both, uh, but we won't talk about that. Um, but good so- because I don't, I wouldn't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you say that like some I'm- nugget on us too, Brandon. He's like, yeah, did you yeah, see like- this? <laughs> Yeah, it turns out it turns out Batman has two penises in the comics. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry, Leo. How did that not come up in the pre-show at all? Well, it turns <laughs> out he's he's a Klingon, but he's he's a Southern Klingon, so he doesn't have the ridges. But as we know, Klingons have uh, two penises. Do they? And two hearts. Yeah. The uh, that was uh, what star uh, strange new. World? Okay, boys, we're here to talk about Clayface Batman. One bad day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, like we just spent, we just spent like an hour and a half before this, just babbling, almost barely coherently, stream of conscious geekiness. Yeah. And like we have, we 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 are in like minute fucking three of this show, and it's like Klingons <laughs> have two penises. All right, no, I'm gonna nip it in the bud now. Batman. Stay on target. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, today we're going to be talking about Clayface uh, from the Batman One Bad Day series uh, where Basil Carlo wanted to be a Basil. Basil. Basil is an herb. Well, maybe he's an herb, too. Nope. Basil is an herb. Basil is a person's name. He turns himself into an herb. Like Sherlock Holmes, Basil Rathbone. He probably can turn himself into. Or the court jester. The bad guy from that, Basil Basil Rathbone. Rathbone. Yeah. So Basil Carlo, better. There you go. It's pronounced Carlo. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, so he wanted to be a great actor, but became a monster clayface. He moves to L.A. to restart his acting career with a new identity. However, his path to fame in L.A. involves dark and dangerous actions, and Batman follows there. Who, who would have thunk? Uh, the story shows Clayface's struggle with his identity and ambition as he realizes that L.A. is as challenging as Gotham City. In his quest for fame, he takes drastic and deadly measures to change the city to meet his needs. That's about I, it. Game I, I will say... In, in terms of meeting the assignment, what's your take on this, Brandon? Like, did you get the idea that they met the assignment of one bad day? Nope. It was it was interesting because they they did sort of a meta like they they, they technically get there. Yeah, technically, um, mostly because they're being very meta. 
about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like say it without saying that it's the killing joke, but like say yeah. it without saying it. And it's like, yeah. oh, I see what they're doing. And I'm like, and that's a fucking horrible idea for a movie, by the way. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, um, and I feel like like he's the only one that understands that. <laughs> we actually got a killing joke animated movie, and that was also a terrible idea. So, like, there is that. Half of that movie was all right. What, you, you, you didn't like Batman hooking up with Batgirl? I did no, not. I did not. I did not. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Like. I didn't like it. I think they um, could have just done the animated parts with like from the actual source material. That would have been OK. Yeah, but this one, um, once again, like aside from that meta textual um, technicality. No, uh, once again, like this is like so far the only one that's done exactly what you would think of when it comes to that whole one bad day premise slash conceit is the Riddler. Like I did not see what got Clayface to the point where he became this monster. That's supposed to be from, from the onset. Like you can tell that's why they made the Riddler the very first release in this, this mini series that they did. Because it understood what it was supposed to do. Everything else, it's like, oh, here's just a bad day in the life of. This is not supposed to be a day in the life of. Yeah, yeah. This is supposed to be the one bad day that turns somebody from being like a normal person into a fucking asshole, psychopathic killer criminal. Like that's literally the point of of the killing joke. That's exactly what they do in the Riddler, and we have not fucking seen it in any of the other issues in this miniseries so far. And yeah, not not at all. I mean, even yeah. like like the Catwoman one and 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 uh, Penguin and Mister Freeze. I mean, none of it. Like Mister Freeze was kind of close because it it dealt with their relationship leading up to it. So that was probably the closest one. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still it's still not like the turning point. You no, know? It, I, several of them have been good stories. Like this here, I did enjoy just as a story. I, I think but... it's a good story, but Brendan's absolutely correct. It's it is not at all like a bad day, and and they're like toying with the idea of oh, the bad day is the killing joke and all that. And and it's funny because it's like you almost get the idea that it's like Clayface is like you guys are fucking crazy. This guy's a bad guy, and you're like. I don't know if, if you guys got this, but it's like this reads differently after having watched all of Barry, you know, like like that's I haven't like, watched Barry. So, oh, OK. All right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe this will have like a different sort of feel after you read Barry or after you watch Barry, if you choose to watch it. No, but, no, it's, it, I, it's on my list. I just wanted to wait until it was over. I didn't want to get into it and then have it get canceled. Like I, I get I get leery when people start talking up certain oh, things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially on HBO, I've I've pussyfooted around HBO's programming ever since. They... I'm not signing up for Max. Fuck well, them. they bet- they betrayed me years ago with Carnival, and so it's very hard for me to get super invested in a story that HBO is doing because, in my experience, like Carnival is one of the best shows I've ever seen, and it ends on a cliffhanger at the end of season two, and then they canceled it. Uh, after they had already told them they were going to give them a season three. So, you know, that's, but like, the thing is like, I'm also not like a big, like dungeons and dragons, fantasy swords and sorcerers kind of guy. 
So when it came to Game of Thrones, like I watched it, but I wasn't invested in it. Yeah, yeah, no, I I get it, but, but the the whole idea with like Barry is that he's a hitman that oh, I, wants to be. I've, an so, I've seen the first episode. Like I understand, like the the idea behind it. I just I was like, I'll wait till it's done. I'll wait till it, it's over, and people say like, oh, it it has a complete story, uh, and then I'll I'll go and, and visit it. You know, I I, I just. I need some things to be complete before I go at them nowadays. I've, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a geek. I'm a geek who gets attached to good stories. And if you give me a good story that isn't allowed to finish, then you, you know, not to be like overly sentimental, but I think we've all been there at some point. Like you, it breaks my heart a little, you know, it's hurtful. I'm, I'm instantly like turned into like a, a little kid again. And I'm just like, kicking rocks like oh my hands you. in my pockets and just this this sucks man you know, so uh, i don't i don't want to set myself up for that heartache well uh yeah Barry, i'll check it out it's on my list on hbo max I, yeah and, and it just it just finished um yeah this and, this uh, actually would have been released before the release of the third season so it's kind of interesting and uh, i would also throw in uh get shorty as well uh that the series ah, okay the, the, okay the series was uh another really good one um and similar you know uh, a mobster wanting to you know go into the movie business um it, it was definitely i don't know what it aired on it, it's funny to see uh, this character of Basil or, Carlo. or something oh that might have been is, oh is it epic yeah yeah something like that but there, there's definitely some good character work here when it comes to Basil Carlo. But on the other side of that, I feel kind of cheated a little bit because it kind of undoes the character. My name work. is Basil Carlo. You know? And yeah. I'm here for the audition. <laughs> Sorry. That's that's like the the like the one that people are gonna see and remember is that performance from Harley Quinn. But it's like I go back to the stuff that we talked about with like detective comics from the James Tinian, oh, and this man. kind of undoes that. Yeah, but it it's also really good character work for it's like if this is who he is now, I get it, you know. But it's not that's not that guy. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Music. This this right here is set in such a way that you could conceivably look at it as being before James Tinian's Detective Comics run. This could have been before. Batman said, you know what? Let me actually try to help Basil. Let me try to rehabilitate him instead of just throwing him into fucking Arkham. Hmm. You know, it, there's nothing specifying that this happens after that, which I, I did make note of while I was reading it. Um, that was like one of the few saving graces of how this was written for me because I want to believe that there's there's a chance for for so many different people like i i guess like sort of sort of the optimist in me you know the part of the reason why like i i gear towards superman it's like yeah if, i don't want to i don't want to just beat the shit out of somebody and and throw them you know toss them to the side like i want to help them be better you know i don't it's like the whole no kill rule, like best explained by, by Superman, you know, I mean, obviously Batman follows that too, but for a completely different set of reasons, more just like, I'll, you know, I won't be as bad as the people I'm trying to stop Superman. That's a minute part of it, but it, you know, really comes down to like, I, if I do that, this is where they end. 
and then they never have the opportunity to have tomorrow to be better than they were today. You know, and and it was really refreshing in Detective Comics to see Batman sort of take on that idea of like, let me help these people who are troubled today to be at least somewhat better tomorrow, and then maybe even better the day after that, and so on and so forth. That that rehabilitation is not something that we've seen in any other instance of Batman. Yeah. And Basil's was a very tragic character. Like his, yeah. his whole origin was tragic. I think Basil and Cassandra Kane's relationship in Detective Comics, like their friendship, was like one of the most touching things I've seen come out of a, a Batman comic book in a very long time. Yeah, I, I really like that a lot. Yeah. You know, and it that's part of the reason why like I just I get so disheartened on occasion and it really bugs me that we just can't ever have progression and everything has to revert back to the status quo with new people coming on and, and this, that, and the other thing, because there was so much good character work done in that, that run that was just completely negated. And, and like, it, it just makes everything feel like a waste of time when you, when you get past it, you know, like I don't appreciate that. And I, I was and for me to say, like, I was super into it. I was looking forward to reading those books like every month or whatever when they were coming. I think at that point, they were like every two weeks. But uh, I was looking forward to reading Detective Comics, which at that point in time, even I was saying, I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like, I'm looking forward to reading Batman books like that never happens. And uh, I should have, you know, once again, the eternal optimist, I should have seen it coming. <laughs> I should have known. That's why we can't have nice things. Yeah, and that's that's really what it boils down to, right? Like this is why we can't have nice things, fuckers. But yeah. So, so, so regardless, uh, I I'm sorry, I I, I digress. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so what happened with that? The Tenian run. They oh. they killed uh Clayface in it. So oh. this this exact character, they killed it. Yeah. So and, and it and it's in Rebirth. So yeah, you know. and but also like in that run. Uh, Tim Drake, he, you know, Tim Drake is brilliant and he pulls together his own personal resources and all of his brain power and he creates a hub in, in the, the Belfry, uh, in one of the, one of the tower setups that, that Bruce Wayne slash Batman has in Gotham city. They literally call it inside of the Batcave. It's, it becomes the Belfry and, it becomes like a training facility and uh, a surveillance center. And Tim Drake straight up is like, this is the plan. This is how we protect Gotham. This is how we change Gotham for the better with what we do. So hopefully we make ourselves obsolete. Like we do this and if it remains effective for X amount of time, we're done. We don't need to do any more we've won the war on, on crime here in Gotham. And it, they made up like a, you know, never mind bat family. It was like bat army, bat police force. It was Batman, Nightwing, Robin, red hood. I mean, on occasion, not like yeah, through and yep. through, but, um, bat spoiler, wing, um, bat wing, uh, um, Azrael, Azrael, Batwoman, uh, orphan, 
yep, Clayface. I mean, it was it was a large number of them, and they were all working together and training together. Um, and you would see some interesting combos, like it it, it was like training in pairs and triplets, and you know, not quite like a danger room setup, but you know, a, along the idea, uh, and it was working. It it was it, it was like it's that progression I was talk I've I've always talked about like this is a logical progression. Like eventually you're going to get somebody smart enough affiliated with Batman to say like, maybe we're not doing this exactly the correct way. And that's exactly what Tim Drake said. He's like, you know, we need to work together, make this easier on all of us, learn how to work with one another and then stop the bad guys and make sure that we're all holding each other to a standard, you know? And, and that's why it was awesome to see like Asriel involved because it was like Asriel could be so extreme yeah but at the same time he understood what Tim Drake was doing and so he respected that ideal enough that he restrained what he wanted to do in order to do what he knew was necessary according to the tenets of Tim Drake's plan like it was it was all done very well and Clayface was one of my favorite characters in it because Bruce was able to get his hands on technology that allowed him to stabilize and hold his, his human form um, for incredibly long stretches of time without causing him to like lose pieces of his sanity as he was doing it because of pain and what have you. And in doing so, he started uh, Basil started really focusing more on performance again because it became a real possibility in his life now and in doing so because he was he's so focused on performance speaking enunciation diction it formed an unlikely bond between he and orphan cassandra kane who has a difficult time vocalizing because she was mute for so very long and she can still only speak in fragmented sentences and so he was actually becoming like a bit of a speech therapist for her and she became a friend for basil yeah like they both filled in gaps for one another where you know they they had not found anybody to do so for them previously it was really sweet and organic and it just made a lot of sense and uh, then James Tinian finished his run and everyone said, well, fuck that noise. And they all brought it fucking crumbling down. And he he moved on at that point to go into his Batman run, which I think was very unceremonious. The Batman run as opposed to the uh, the detective run. And I, I just I mean, that's where we got punchline and clown puncher and like all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I get the difference. I mean, it's like you've you've gotten rid of everything that was subtle about what you were doing and you know yeah but i mean but as subtle as a jackhammer yeah, yeah. it's subtle as a jackhammer. Well, that era of batman though uh that run was was just such a mess though we're, we're such fans of king that's that's why so it, you know i told the man as much so 
it, it, it's interesting though going back to clayface here you have such a versatility with this character because if, if you think about like silver age stories as as silver age as, as he got because he was towards the the end of silver age you know he was like oh there's an imposter it's an imposter this and, and that's how they would use him here it's like there's such a versatility to what you can do with a character like clayface and he's downright scary in this one i've never seen him be this this violent and, and this and it, is this is monster movie yeah like this is this is like if you combined the thing with norman bates and, and he knows he's doing wrong and he's still going because he's driven by this ambition to be a star and all that and it's like he's so fucking deluded you yeah, know it, he's he's murdering got like that. person after person to take over their identity because it's getting him closer and closer to being the star of well, movie also movie. like murdering one of his friends in the beginning. You know? Yeah, the person to person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and right. it's funny too because he's got this idealistic version of who he's supposed to be playing. So he clearly has a code, but his code does not include killing people to get what he wants out of life, which is insane. And, and they do a really good job of kind of getting you into the psyche of this character then when you get to the end when he's in arkham and you're like that makes fucking sense he's not mr freeze who's not crazy he is an absolute deluded person that thinks what he was doing was acceptable to get where he wanted yeah it's it's delusion it's delusional narcissism mixed with sociopathy i have never seen that from this character so I, i i really enjoyed that aspect yeah as a as a standalone as a standalone story, like not one bad day, then yeah, this this is an incredibly interesting story. Yeah. Like if you if you're not looking at it with the conceit that it's supposed to have, mm-hmm. um, but man, because yeah, it, this is definitely like the horror movie out of everything we've seen so far. It's, it's like, n- nice to see that they're capable of writing something like this where it's like, oh, wow, that is that is sick. You know, you're, you're right. Like, it's it's nuts. Yeah. And, and this is exactly the kind of approach that they should be taking to Clayface if they introduce him in the MCU. I mean, the DCU. Um, he should be this sort of. Um, this sociopathic narcissist who murders anybody that he sees as being in his way, um, which the ironic part about it is like, they were in my way, but it's like, yeah, but dude, you, you took them over. Like as much as you saw them sure. as an obstacle, you are, you are for all intents and purposes, them now. So where, where do you fit in this? Like you've disappeared. We, do you even know who you are now? Like they can even do of, like split, you know, where he's got like yeah. uh, alternate personalities that he's unaware of when he's asleep, you know. I mean, I think that'd be a, a a bridge too far, just because then you start you start confusing the idea of of what he is and who he is, insofar as like character representation. I wouldn't want to have like dissociative identity disorder for Clayface. I think having him be just an extreme narcissist, like American Psycho. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so oh, into. Yeah. So into himself that anybody else, it really doesn't matter. Like he can be nice and cordial, but if you are remotely, if you set one toe in the path that, you know, could potentially block him, he will take you right the fuck out. 
And then, of course, you can even play into the, exactly like what American Psycho is like. How much of it did he actually do? Yeah, yeah, yep. Like, did he delude himself even further? Um, I, I will say, uh, for for this for this thing though, one of the things I thought was really cool was uh, the way that they brought Bruce Wayne to L.A. Uh, did you guys catch that? Like, why he was there? Well, he he told him he was there for a conference, right? I forget what the exact words are. No, no, no. I shouldn't say not so much L.A., but why he was like at the party, like why he he actually went to go see that movie producer. No, uh, I don't remember. They were going to be making a superhero movie. Oh yes, the Gray Ghost. The Gray Ghost. Oh, that's what that was. What? It, oh yeah. And Bruce Wayne was like, "I'm a huge fan of the Gray Ghost, and I wanted to talk with him about it because." I have some ideas and I just want to make sure that they do it right. And I'm like, Bruce Wayne is a fucking nerd. Like, cause I don't doubt for a moment. I, I think, I think honestly, like Bruce Wayne being there at the same time as a disguised Clayface, that was happy accident. Mm-hmm. That was happy accident. Bruce Wayne was flat out at that party because he is a fucking dork who likes a superhero and he just wanted to geek out about a new movie with somebody who can control what happens with it. Like, I get it. <laughs> like, I think a lot of a lot of L.A. in in D.C. Do we? Like, I mean, no, not not really at all. Like, uh, they have fictional cities across the coast. City yeah. is really like the closest yeah. you get a lot of the time in California, uh, which means nothing to me because as much as I love the concept of Green Lantern and love particular Green Lantern characters, Hal Jordan is to me, and you and I have talked about this, Justin, like Hal Jordan is the least interesting Green Lantern to me. Yeah, and I mean Coast City's not really there anymore. So Oh no, well, I think it's I think it's back. Oh, is it back? Oh, yeah, it's back. Coast City is the reason that Hank Henshaw is one of the most notorious uh DC villains ever. You know, I explained idea. that to my wife like several weeks ago. Like, I, I, I like that. Whole... That's just a random thing you said to your wife. Be like, so Cyborg Superman, aka Hank. I can't even remember how it came up, honestly. <laughs> um, but I I broke it all down for my wife, and she was like, "Holy shit!" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, man. he's worse than the Joker. He's worse than Fuck like up. all these guys." And it's like you don't even you know realize. What? You know what it is? We were talking about Superman and Lois. That's that's how it came up. Oh, okay, yeah, because. Um, have you, have you been, what are you caught up with Superman and Lois guys? No, definitely not. I uh, I need to watch the last season. You guys suck. All right. Sorry. I, I gave up every service that, that had that on it. So, right. well, <laughs> um, I think Leo has put most of it on Pl- uh, Pluther. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they have subverted so much expectation on Superman and Lois in the best way, like correct subversion. Uh, and in doing so, they have actually, in reverse order, given us certain things um, without giving too much away. And I'm sure like, we all know certain things about the show at this point anyway. Um, but... You know, when you have the death and return of Superman, like the death of Superman, okay, you have Doomsday, then you have the reign of the Superman, and then you have the whole like return. Well, 
the 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 fun thing about that is we they they went a fucking reverse order altogether, and we get three of the four. Oh, we get a John Henry Irons. Nice. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways podcast network give a listen dudes cowabunga is this podcast for you that's sick dude when i fucking saw it in the show like and it clicked i was like fuck you like i was i was like you guys are fucking this was brilliant um but yeah like we get we get steel we get the eradicator Ooh. we we, we technically have superboy right off the bat because of yep. the kids but um, there actually is like a direct reference to like leather jacket wearing Superboy, uh, in one of the episodes, a couple of the episodes later on, Captain Nineties, um, and then, <laughs> then we uh, then we eventually do get Doomsday, cool, and Doomsday is actually done pretty cleverly, in in all honesty, I would I, I was. I, it, I'll put it this way: like if you ever saw Smallville, put that shit out of your fucking head. If you've ever seen Batman v Superman, put that shit out of your head. It's it's uh, far more interesting, and it involves uh, Lex Luthor as well, who is played by um, uh, my God, the guy from The Walking Dead, redheaded guy, Michael. Rosenbaum. Yeah, the redheaded guy Michael, Michael Rosenbaum, Rosenbaum from The Walking yeah. Dead, Leo. Well, um, Michael Michael Mikesworth. That's no, Cutlass. Cutlass. Oh, Cutlass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cutlass. Cutlass. The D and the Z. Um, but yeah, he he's uh he he shows up very very brief, briefly at the most recent season. Towards the end, and he's it's a pretty it's he's good, man. He, he's 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 menacing. I will say that. Um, but yeah. So, regardless, regardless of all that, that's I was talking to my wife about like how where those characters came from in Superman and Lois, and I was like, the one we really haven't seen is is Hank Henshaw, and that makes sense because he's he's like he's uh mega evil. She's like, yeah. oh yeah, and I, was, and I was like, yeah, he's he's probably, you don't hear about cyborg Superman co- slash the cyborg a lot, outside of actual comic bookdom, but yeah, he is 
one of the most dangerous fucking individuals in the universe. And she's like, why? And I was like, okay, you asked. So I'm going to tell you. And I was like, so the thing is, Dara, these four people, they went on the space ride and (laughs) (laughs) I like where this is going. (laughs) And uh, they went up. And, and once they once they were in their experimental ship, uh, it turns out they they got hit by a bunch of cosmic rays, and um, the the ship plummeted back down to Earth. And uh, the four people in it, there uh, one was a husband and wife, and there were two friends. Uh, they all get like crazy powers, but then eventually, um, and here's the thing: I'm not making this up. This is exactly what happened. They were made as an analog to the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Everyone died. Yep. From space cancer. <laughs> and uh, as Hank Henshaw's wife was dying, she thankfully actually recovered. She went through hell and back. Um, but Hank himself, like he he became like a technopath, and then it became like more transcendent than that and his body died and he was able to pass his consciousness consciousness into technology um and but the process of all that warped his mind and he actually eventually ended up blaming superman for the entire situation involving the deaths of his friends um what he believed to be the death of his wife but it turns out she actually did recover eventually um, through like chemotherapy and, and radiation and stuff like that. Uh, and he went off and, and, you know, I, but I end up giving like the whole, whole kit and caboodle. And she was like, so you don't think that they're going to show him in the show? I was like, I honestly have no fucking idea how they would do it. Yeah. I, I mean, he'd have to be an astronaut or something, but I mean, he's, he's basically an immortal space ghost, you know, it's, it's kind of how it is. And it's like, he's been a yellow lantern, you know, he's killed a bunch of yellow lanterns to get a, a ring on each finger to enhance his powers. He is just a big, big problem. Like he, tell, he is at times like as dangerous as Dark Side. You know what? I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, you know, thinking thinking about like earthbound, you know, like earth originated villains. Um I, I you know what, Clayface? Like oh, let me rephrase. I think it would be really insane to see four essentially immortal characters, villains, pull together and actually work as a team and embark on like a huge like conspiratorial deal. Um, and, and they come from a couple of different areas. One would be Cyborg Superman. Okay. Clayface. Yeah. Vandal Savage. Yeah. And Raj Al Ghul. So we, we think Clayface is immortal, though? Like that would I think be so. The... Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I believe uh, a couple of them have died based on like either being diluted or something. So I, I don't know if I buy his immortality. Like Basil Carlo? We've seen, we've seen Clayface before, like melt away into nothing. You know, Where? from, well, in, in the uh, animated series. You remember he um... died? I'm talking about comic books. Okay. Well, I mean, talking about I, I I can't. I'm not talking about animated series. I'm talking about like comic books. So, um, did he not die when 
Kate Kane shot him with that special bullet from the rifle too? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, know, I guess I'm splitting hairs here. Let's let's hear what your idea is. No, I mean, I mean I'm just saying. Like, I think I think it'd be really interesting. You have you have one guy who can control any kind of technology. One guy who's who's been around it's sort of like Groundhog Day's explanation of God. Like maybe he doesn't know everything. Maybe he's just been around so long. <laughs> you know, you have Vandal Savage, and then you have you know who's just knows the ins and outs and has seen societies rise and collapse and just has this real megalomaniacal view of how human beings and psychology works. Then you have Rajal Ghul, who has this huge network of, of killers and criminals. Uh, and, you know, that combined with Clayface, who can make himself look like anybody for, at any point in time. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of crazy fucking shit that you could do with that. And imagine imagine it being like a, a Superman, Batman story that, you know, spills over. And, you know, you could have like a whole sort of uh you know like have have an approach that like what brad Meltzer did with with identity crisis i fucking wish i wish we could get that level of writing again i think we could you know you just have to have people who are willing to take risks and and not simply maintain the status quo yeah you know you could make you make clayface a real serious threat throughout the dc universe yeah instead of just being stuck in Gotham and Arkham Asylum on a regular basis. Beaten by a dust buster. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, or it was, or, or do we want to say it's like a trap uh, from Ghostbusters? Yeah. Uh, I would say a trap from Ghostbusters. That was yeah. my first thought. And he had that with him. <laughs> you know, it's just on the belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I do, I do, think it's great that uh you know we got batman showing up and uh we 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 get him quoting uh metallica you say for whom the bell tolls like nothing else matters oh there you go okay <laughs> yeah for whom the bell tolls <laughs> <laughs> he says he says it just like james hetfield too yeah Clayface, for <laughs> whom the bell tolls <laughs> Uh, I just have to say, I, I love the art in this. Uh, and Definitely, speaking of yeah. Green Lantern, it's uh, uh, Zermanko, uh, who's currently doing uh, going, doing Green Lantern right now, from what I understand. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and the uh, writers were Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. And yeah. I'm not sure what they're working on. The, art, sure. the art's really, really good. Um, the face work that they did is like pretty spot on like especially talking about like actors and all that i think that was like some really good expressions their their clay face is frightening like it is yeah. a frightening story nine, and kills yeah. nine fucking people in this yeah world. yeah like that's it's a lot and, and i mean and like, like horribly to, murders them too like oh yeah drowns them in himself like that and is they, you show them all desiccated in the friggin' trunk oh I'm like oh, oh my god man like yeah the um the writers uh right now they're both actually working on Brave and the Bold. Uh looks like they did uh issue four. Oh, cool. Um also Urban Legends, uh Outsiders looks like both are working on Batman Beyond. So those are all just like ancillary DC slash Batman books. Yeah. So outside they have a place for them. 
yeah outsiders is a new um uh it's a batwoman storyline yeah it outsider seems to come around like every five years there's a new outsiders book so or or outsiders from uh the young justice you know so it's it's one of those concepts where it's like we can't do things from inside so we're gonna do it from outside it's like okay thanks for the fresh concept we we actually covered it in uh splash pages i did a little digging and apparently outsiders is a um a batman group yeah uh, and they referenced um batman inc uh there was a couple other uh batman groups that they mentioned i can't remember what they were it, it's basically his way of controlling like in, in kind of like a shitty way it's his way of controlling people by supporting them financially you know, and and I mean, it originally was Metamorpho, Black Lightning, and Katana, and I think Geoforce was in it. Yep. So I'm not sure who's Man in of it. Iron. Yeah, who's in it now? You know. Yeah. Uh, Geoforce is such a such an interesting character, and they haven't they haven't really utilized him well in DC. The uh, probably the best is that uh, Young Justice cartoon series. <clears throat> yeah, that's and fair. That's probably fair. where they've made him the most interesting, because really it's it's usually been more about like, oh, this is how he feeds into you know um, the Judas contract, you yeah. know, it, it, with his sister, who's way more relevant apparently. So, yeah, I, well, I mean, yeah, Tara, one hundred percent. I mean, she's kind of a big deal. Um, yep. But like. I think in the comic books, aside from I was never a big Teen Titans or new Teen Titans kid. Yeah, it's just not my thing. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't my bag. And I, I think I was just a little it was a little little bit before my time too, just a couple of years. It it's fine. Um, it's just it's never something where I've been like like I've read the outsiders too, but I'm like, it's not I'm gonna go back and get the next book. You know, oh yeah, just, I had I had a bunch of I had a bunch of Batman and the Outsiders from from the eighties uh as a kid. Like they were part of like a parcel of comics given to me by like my uncles and cousin. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just like, I don't know. Um, I think for me personally, when it comes to some, some of those, some of those books, um, it's not this, it's not as great as the sum of its parts. Like some of those characters are, better than what the consortium of of characters is as a whole oh yeah like Uh, metamorpho yeah yeah Yeah. uh wally west you know i i I like him infinitely more on his own than with the new teen titans yeah um i i i tend to like beast boy a little bit more uh as as doom patrol than than teen titans um, I, uh, I mean, I've always leaned a little bit more towards weird anyway, but Batman and the outsiders, I was always intrigued by as a kid is like, it, it always seemed like, why does, why did I never hear about this group being mentioned? Um, and later on that was, that became like my one frame of reference truly when I read JLA, the nail by Alan Davis, mm-hmm. the Elseworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I hadn't, as a kid, read, you know, several different Batman and the Outsiders books, I wouldn't have had the the just like the base knowledge of who he was. 
in JLA the Nail. Like that, yeah. that would I would have like, what they just make this fucking character up for this? Um that is which, haunting, haunting artwork, by the way. To this day, I see that in my mind. You know, you talk about body horror, and that's literally where my mind ugh. comes. It's it's tough to look at, man. Yeah. Uh, you crypto, might... poor crypto. Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, <laughs> actually, I I thought of you, Brandon, uh, when I read it. Um, the first Outsiders. I just had to double check. Uh, I think you you might like it because they do a crossover with uh, Planetary. Okay. Wait, uh, yeah, uh, I guess one of the new characters is from Planetary, and they find a book at the end. Wait, hold on. What are you talking about? Is this is this new? New, brand new. Uh, the issue just dropped, I think, last week. Who is the oh. character from Planetary? Is it Jaquita Wagner? Wagner? It, uh, who is it? Uh, is it a woman? No, uh, the drummer. The drummer? Yeah. Damn. Really? Yeah. I mean, kind of don't like that, but okay. I mean, I'll check it out. We had uh, a big conversation about big game. So it's like, yeah, no, but, I don't I like mean, that, but I'm reading it. <laughs> but have you, have you, but have you read planetary? No, no. I, I actually asked for, uh, for Christmas, the planetary omnibus. Yeah, we're, so. we're, we're going to get to it for, for comics paradox, but like, it's, it's only like 27 issues long. But it took like a decade to to come out. Um, read read the series when slash if you get it, and then tell me if you think just on that level, you are you think it was maybe a good idea to put the drummer in a new comic book. I'll just I'll just put it that way. Who's who's writing it? Do you know Leo? Like who's the uh, writer? Uh, I'll find out. Is Batman involved with this new Outsiders? Uh, it's Batwoman, drummer, and there's one other character. Not okay. Angel or so Kelly. is Batman involved with this new Outsiders? Yeah, so she's like, uh, she's kind of upset with everything that's going on with Gotham War. So she decided to like just beat feet. And uh, so she's like off on her own now. But uh, a man in regards, anyway. <laughs> in regards to uh, Clayface, <laughs> so I mean, Batman shows up and has like a. Oh, a, it's it's the same people. Uh, duh, uh, Jackson. It's the same people that did this book. Oh, oh no shit. shit! Okay, well, that's how it oh. came up in the first place, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I I do appreciate that. Uh, this big throwdown between Batman and Clayface before Batman is able to contain him to bring him back to Gotham and put him in Arkham. Uh, it's not just like a throwdown, knockdown, drag out fight that, that they're having, uh, but it's taking place in a torrential downpour, which greatly it works greatly to Batman's advantage because it helps to break apart Clayface into a smaller much more manageable form for him to be able to take a hold of and bring back and contain mm -hmm. um and you know of course batman throws throws some serious shade at, at basil the whole time he's like you know he's like you're wrong i'm everyone i'm anyone and then batman says which means you're no one 
I'm sorry. I'm going to do the Alan Tudyk Clayface voice whenever I see him speaking like that. that that's one of those things that's so hard to get away because that's such an iconic performance and it's so silly. But it's like, yeah, this is the dark side of that flipped coin, you know? Oh yeah, it's it's, it's great. Why did you have to bring the rain? <laughs> I'm not going back. I'm not going back. Oh, sorry, that's King Candy. <laughs> I'm not going back. You hit a man with glasses. It was, it was well played. Have some candy. You're not going turbo, are you? <laughs> You're not going turbo, are you? Because if you are, you got another thing coming. <laughs> the key to doing King Candy's voice is to do an impression of the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. Oh yeah, like going going way back. I actually just did a deep dive into that actor. That's that's what Alan Tudyk's doing with that voice. He's just doing an impression. His resident you need a gold Tudyk. coin to enter the race, which you should have gotten from your previous winnings from winning a race, <laughs> which I have. <laughs> uh, is Resident Alien coming back soon? Uh, I believe. You know, relatively soon, they they are doing another season. Um, so there is that. Uh, I would imagine that this is probably going to be the last season. Um, but that's fine. You know, I don't need it to be something that's dragged out for a long, long time. Three seasons—that's that's good. Uh, you know, especially especially considering how busy Alan Tudyk is on a regular basis. I mean, the guy is just. He's been showing up everywhere doing more voice work than you can shake a stick at. And good for him. You know, he's he's an incredibly talented dude, which like I'm still blown away by by the whole peacemaker thing with Alan Tudyk. That that just tickles me something fierce. I don't know. Do you guys know? Do you see the video that he did? We we've talked about this before. Yeah, did yeah. you see the uh, video he did where he did the dance? That was pretty Well, that's cool. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it turns out his wife was the dance choreographer. And so she actually had him mask up and learn all the moves. So she, she actually took sample videos of him with what she had in mind and sent them to James Gunn. And this is before you see like the actual video of him dancing around, like on set. Um, she sent them to James Gunn and James watching them. And he's, he's just like, wow, okay, this is interesting. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Is that, that fucking Alan Tudyk? What the fuck is going on here? And he was like, why is Alan Tudyk in your sample video? And she goes, oh, that's my husband. He's like, of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, the thing on set was because John Cena couldn't make it for that particular, for that rehearsal. So because he knew all the dance moves, his wife asked him to, and James Gunn asked him to stand in for John Cena. So that way they'd have a body there that knew everything that was going on and they could continue with everybody else getting their stuff down pat. Get the blocking all squared away. I thought that was that was pretty cool. And it just shows once again how friggin' talented Alan Tudyk is. Like oh, I would absolutely. I would cast that guy in anything in a heart. So do you hear Alan Tudyk's voice in this clay face, or do you hear it as Ron Perlman from the animated series? Because I, I hear I, I hear Alan Tudyk, but I actually, I actually think of it like a, a, a more serious take on the bravado 
than what we've gotten in in Harley Quinn. More like his Joker or his Mr. Nobody, maybe? I still think he would talk like this. It would just be a lot more menacing. You know, think I, think yeah. think more Hannibal Lecter. Okay, I'm thinking it. Oh, there you go. That's 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 where I, I this is where I leave you. <laughs> like, I, you know, so just let's, have let's do having a, uh... having gravitas, but without being, but without going, you know, past the line of of becoming goofy. Greetings and Shabibans. We are the Retro Reductibus Cephala Podcast, a long-form bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. Yeah, that sounds good, but I don't know what all those words mean. I think what Parasite seems trying to say is that on Retro Reductibus, we explore a range of retro goodness, from toys, video games, and movies, to cartoons, and even snacks and school lunches. Oh. And we do it all with a positive spin, a slew of killer guests, and some <clears throat> very adult language. And you know what else is cool? No. This crazy show is part of the Dorking Podcast Network with new episodes every technical Tuesday. What's that? And if waiting two weeks for a new episode gives you a sad, know that we drop bonus episodes all the time, like the off-format Crow's Nest and an interview series we call The Brick. You can listen to Retro Redoctopus on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any app that's cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. Let's let's talk about where you guys think this ranks in the list of what we've read so far and what you what you thought. Because it seems like we all like it. I absolutely agree that it does not fit the assignment, but it has like its own sort of vibe going on which is similar to the Mr. Freeze one, I thought. Um, what what'd you guys think? I really liked it. I thought it was an interesting study in the psychology of the character. The, like I said, the, the narcissistic sociopathy. I think the splash page at the very end of this story, which I'm not going to say what it is. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Read I think it. it's... Yeah it's incredibly effective and it it's one of those things where it's dark. It, it even almost borders on like Lovecraftian, but at the same time, and this is where it hooks me, you know, just the, I, I, I don't need everything to be bright and shiny, but I do. I am a cautious optimist. It gives me hope even though it seems to be a very bleak scene at the end there, uh, because if he's doing that, that means he feels guilty. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so important that he feels guilty because that shows if he feels guilty, he can, he can feel like he could be redeem himself, that he could be rehabilitated. You know, if he, if he knows how wrong it was and he feels how bad it was, then he can be shown how that can't ever happen again. You know, and I'm not saying like put him back out into society in Gotham city, but like, it's just instead of wallowing and not being assisted, like that shows me that he can be helped. Well, they, um, they were going to actually offer him the district attorney spot uh, from Arkham. Oh yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. That sounds absolutely <laughs> correct. Yeah. But you know, you, you one step out of line and you're yeah, right one back. Step, you know, he's just right back in there, buddy. <laughs> uh, but, uh, 
but like no, I, I I really enjoyed the story for what it was. Um, I like the little touches, the the little nods and winks that we got for the killing joke itself, the gray ghost, which um all three of us and anybody else listening knows, like it's that's a deep cut animated series reference. Um, because they had to come up with a movie hero that Bruce Wayne was excited about seeing as a kid to, with his parents, uh, and they couldn't use Zorro in the cartoon. So the gray ghost became like his go-to hero character. Um, and they did a whole thing in the animated series with the, the actor who played the gray ghost and how Bruce had loved it as a kid watching the serials on TV and, and everything. Um, was it Adam West who did the voice of the gray ghost? I think yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it was all very well done. And since then, because of the animated series, the gray ghost, has this sort of um, spot in a lot of DC slash Batman fans uh, purview. Like we understand the, the reference of it, why it exists, what it is. uh, And it's just a fun thing, but you don't see it really get touched upon in the comic books at all. Like even to this day in the comic books, we it's, it's, he went to go, he, he went to see Zorro. Yeah. Yep. That's that's how it's been forever in a in a day. Um I think but to in, ha- in the uh uh the Harley Quinn story they go into Grey Ghost uh quite a bit. Yeah. So it was just it was really cool to see to see, you know, these these things touched upon. Um I, I really I really enjoyed that we we got like the, the killing joke, the whole story of the Joker. And and to your point earlier, you know how basil was trying to say like no this guy is is bad news like you you gotta stop treating him like he's the hero he's the villain um but ironically while he is murdering people left and right to try and work his way up the hierarchy in hollywood um and it's also like a bit of a commentary on how it is in that town oh sure yeah you know 100 one of those actors in, but in in <laughs> in so far as how this relates to the idea of just one bad day away from being the bad guy, no, this is this is a day in the life of not one bad day. This is this is one of a series of bad days that Clayface has had, and that that's the reason why Batman comes at him with extreme prejudice because he knows exactly who Basil is, what he's capable of because he's done horrible shit like this in the past. You know, this is, this is not anything that sees us that shows us him setting his foot on a particular path that leads to Batman saying, this is a dangerous individual that I have to stop by almost any means necessary. It's a nice way of showing and not telling too and using a sparse amount of Batman in the book. Like he Hmm. just shows up in the latter part and it's okay. Show what happened. Okay. You don't need Batman to be like Clayface did this and blah, 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 blah. It's like, Nope. Now we know it's like, Oh, we watched Clayface like devolve into an absolute monster. So we, we, you know, it was like watching the the beginning part of law and order. We already knew what happened. So how's it going to resolve? Exactly. (laughs) Kong Kong. I say Kong Kong. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true 
classic. Yeah, see, it all tied in. <laughs> so, so how how about you, Leo? What what are you thinking? Yeah, I I agree. Definitely did not meet the uh, the criteria of the homework assignment. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was still e for good, effort, kids. E yeah, for effort. Exactly. It, it was still a good story. Well, what do you guys expect? They killed the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> the original. Go back and listen to the one bad day Riddler to get this joke, kids. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> it was probably a year ago we recorded. That. Oh my God, <laughs> we almost done with one bad day. We are, we are. We got one more storyline. Raj, is it Raj? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, as a storyline, I, I think it, it did really well. Um, from the books that we were given, I think it does rank up there. You know, obviously Riddler is going to be the very best. Yeah. And they should have just done Riddler, you know, and, and it just seems like these were great storylines just sitting on the shelf that they said, oh, well, let's throw it into here. Maybe we'll get more sales out of it if we're going to, you know, do a, a, a continuing arc. Um, other than that, yeah, it, it, I enjoyed it. The art was awesome. The writing was great. Uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't belong in uh, Batman One Bad Day. I know uh, Brandon was saying that he didn't like the Bane one. Uh, I think you didn't like that one. And then you didn't like the, uh, what do you call it? The Two-Face. I think, I think like the last couple ones that we read have definitely been weirder, but you know, like Catwoman was just kind of like, all right, blah in the middle. I put this one probably as my, as my third favorite, you know, um, I obviously Riddler, but I really, I really resonated with that Mr. Freeze book. And then I'm going to put this one after that. Cause it didn't meet the assignment, but it was a good book and I, and I really liked it, but I, I like the hopeful ending of the Mr. Freeze one a little bit more. Well, once again, like, I would like to state, like, I think, I think this one also has a hopeful ending. It's just, it's a subtle hopeful ending. Like oh, you have, way, yeah. Yeah. Like if you, if you, if you don't, if you're not really paying attention to the characterization, the representation throughout the entire thing, you look at that and it, you can understand like, Oh, this is just like a full on creep factor, you know? Um, but especially as somebody who likes horror movies and, and what have you as well. Like I look at him like, Oh no, this isn't, this isn't just your, your, you know, your Lovecraftian carpenter, um, Cronenbergian kind of stuff at, in that splash page at the end. Like there's, there's actually, this is actually a statement. Like, why why would he have that set up like that around himself doing that to himself if he wasn't haunted by his own actions mm -hmm. you know like coming to the realization like i can't believe what a monster i became what i've what i've become um i i would put this up there honestly for me this is probably my second favorite Your second like, favorite yep yeah after riddler just because of the standalone story as it is you know if it if they had nailed like the the assignment of one bad day, this could be on par with, if not better, than the Riddler. But yeah, yeah, you maybe. know, like if this had been at the beginning of his career, like if they had shown it like shortly after he had his accident and he realized what he could do and he was using it to try and finally get famous in Hollywood, and that whole thing with Batman was like he he it was like his first real encounter with clayface 
then yeah, this would be like tied for number one easily. Like it would be straight up Riddler, Clayface, neck and neck. If they just made that one tweak to it. Yeah. And they could have done that with maybe like even three pages, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, instead, I, don't, I don't agree that it would be as good as Riddler because I think Riddler was was. Well, I'm I'm saying overall, I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not saying like just three pages. No, no, no. If they had changed it, yeah, all together as like this was his venturing out, utilizing this accident that happened to him, and not realizing it was driving him insane at the same time, and and forcing him to a point where he thought he needed to kill these people, like that that would be his one bad day and it depends on how they executed it i think if that's how they went about doing it with this team it would have been just as good as the riddler okay. well and and i say three pages with you know thinking of the whole storyline you know it could have been very easily you know just uh, introductory shot in the beginning uh you know about him with his accident and then you know him trying to make it in the uh in hollywood and then just snapping and then just going on a killing spree um and then well, he was trying to make it in gotham right like like that's the that's how it started out because he, he said he's, he did most of his stuff in gotham yeah. so you know this was him venturing outside of his uh you know world yeah and and that's that's all fine and dandy um but you could st you could still have have had it take place in la like he it could have been like because everyone knew what happened to him in Gotham mm -hmm. that he, he left Gotham, you know, and that's why he was like, I need to make a name for myself here on the West coast. It blew my mind that she knew exactly who he was too. You know, like, like, you know, this waitress and all that, I was talking to her friend and she's like, Clayface, you're Clayface. And I'm like, Oh shit. She knows like everybody knows, like, like you're infamous, man. You're so famous. You're infamous. I think it, mean, I think <laughs> it means more than famous. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> a, a three amigos a sweater <laughs> but yeah i i i put it up pretty high which you know riddler at this point is is you know a class away from from the rest of them like riddler it, it's the actual thing it's supposed to be so right now it's all riffraff and we're we're just trying to like make some kind of sense of it um I think I think we've gotten some real garbage takes on what this should have been for, for some of these characters. Two-Face is the worst. Two-Face is the worst just because it's terrible. Um, followed followed not like followed next by Catwoman, not because it's terrible, but because it's boring. Oh, okay. So so you're putting Bane above Catwoman then? Because I thought you hated Bane. Uh, I, I, I did not like Bane, but, uh, you had the most fun doing Bane. I, yeah, I had fun. Okay. All right. That's I, had, I had, had fun with fun. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, and, and, you apparently know, I'm a wrestler. <laughs> apparently I'm a luchador now. Mm. At least I have a mansion. But, uh, <laughs> I will. I am the pasta. No I am the pasta maker. <laughs> but, uh, but I I had a lot of fun with that one, uh, and I knew I was gonna have fun with it just because it was Bane. Like, I, I, you know, so make of that what you will. I I I, I did. I thought it was silly. Uh, I didn't know what the hell they were trying to do, but at the very least, like they were they were trying to like punch up whatever Catwoman. 
I just it was it was just boring. I don't I really remember a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, that because it was boring. It was very bland. Uh, say what you want about Bane, but I remember that story as silly as as a lot of it was. You know, it it it, it they set out to sell a titillating one bad day ish kind of story, and for what it's worth, like it it stuck. Like Catwoman, it, nah. I, I, I knew the Catwoman was not going to be that good. Mostly because you're playing up all these villains and Catwoman out of all of them is the one who's actually been more of an ally to Batman than anything else. Like you couldn't have done Poison Ivy instead of Catwoman. I mean, no argument here. I mean, that wouldn't me, that have made more sense. Just, just saying, um, but Maxi Zeus, you know, <laughs> but we'll see how it goes with, um, with, with Raj al Ghul. You yeah. Know? Hopefully that's a that's a good end. Fingers friggin' crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. Well, uh, we'll wrap things up here. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine day. Uh, you know me, just Google me. You'll find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. I'm not going to say which is which, but I run the Dorkening Podcast Network. ton of awesome people doing a ton of awesome stuff. Head on over to thedorkening.com. And more importantly, head over to Comics Paradox. <gasps> Gasp. Oh, okay, I'm on the camera now. Everything slowed down. It's like, what the hell is happening? Um, yeah, I mean, exactly what Leo said. Uh, I'm powerful, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out Comics Paradox, our podcast where we talk about what ifs and else worlds, all kinds of alternate reality tales and takes. Um, you know, not just uh, those comic books either, but uh, from other publishers as well as uh, television shows and movies that may cover sort of the same same ideas. Um, you can you can find uh, everything that we have at comicsparadox.com. That's C-O-M-I-X-P-A-R-A-D-O-X.com. Uh, you can follow on social media at Instagram um, at Comics Paradox Podcast, and uh, you can follow me on social media as well. I'm at I'm on Instagram at Brandon's Powers. Uh, I'm sorry, Brandon has powers at Brandon has powers, and on X, formerly known as Twitter, as at Brandon's powers. Uh, aside from that, you know, I'm, I'm here with these clowns um, and, you know, just uh, keep on listening. You can find our stuff wherever by podcast or broadcast. Ooh. Just on Hey, uh, while, while I'm at it, check out the other shows of the Dorkening. You can find uh, the Nerds of Unusual Origin. We have uh, Epic Tales from the Sewers, which is my show. You know, Hooked on Movies, uh, that horror show, uh, Strange Show, right? You know, there's, there's so many different ones. You could check them out. Check out thedorkening.com. And uh, if you are one bad day away from starting your own podcast, look us up. You know, and you could check us out uh, at thedorkening.com. Woohoo! And uh, yeah, with that, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.